It's always a privilege and a joy to be able to study together from God's Word. And for a number of weeks now, we have been studying some of the favorite passages that many of you have given to me. And I've got to tell you that I am so impressed that many of you have chosen such encouraging and such helpful passages. You see, there are some of these great passages that inspire us to be better people. You know, after all, we want to go to God's Word and let it shape our lives. But we also to go to God's Word to provide for us some encouragement, some enthusiasm, some inspiration for our daily Christian living. And this evening, we're going to look at how God can take ordinary men, ordinary women, and turn them into extraordinary people. People that can do great things for God. And so what we will do is to examine Joshua chapter 1 and look at the leadership that Joshua provided for us. We want to look at three simple things in this chapter. We want to look at Joshua as a prepared man. He didn't get where he was simply of all of a sudden here he is. There was a number of things in his life that was important. We have to look at once he was given the responsibility that God gave him, he faced a number of present problems, challenges that were put in front of him. And then we want to concentrate on the key passages of chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, verse 9, and then verse 18. And we're going to talk about a potent presence of God. Let's begin with the idea of being a present presence our prepared person. Joshua, if you look throughout the writings of the Pentateuch, Genesis through Deuteronomy, you find that God had chosen him and made him an important man. The first thing you notice about him is very early in the book of Exodus, chapter 33 and verse 11. And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. You know, I don't know that I had ever grasped the significance of that verse. But right after God gave the law through Moses, right after the tabernacle was built, Joshua stayed with that tabernacle. He didn't leave it. He was a man evidently whose charge was to stay near that tabernacle and be a watcher of it. When you come to Numbers chapters 13 and 14, and there are spies sent out early to spy out the land of Canaan to see if it was as God said it was. And of the twelve spies, Joshua was chosen as one of them. And he, along with Caleb, brought back a good report of the land. I just want to notice with you verses 6 through 10 of Numbers 14. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is a good land. If the Lord delights in us then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. 
Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before the children of Israel. You see, these two men start out, but I want to just concentrate on Joshua. And Joshua was chosen and prepared as a spy. I want you to notice his very words along with Caleb's. And that is, do not fear. The Lord is with us. That tells you that Joshua is a man of faith. A third thing that you notice about his preparation is that he was a general in the army of the Lord of hosts. That is, he was one of the ones who would lead the men into battle. You can go back to Exodus 17. And in Exodus 17, they've come up against the Amalekites. And it says, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. You see, Joshua was the leader of the army. He was the general, if you will, during the time that Moses was the leader of God's people. When you get to Numbers chapter 27, you realize that we're getting very near the end of the wilderness wandering. God had it already in his plan that he would choose a successor for Moses. Moses had rebelled against God in the striking of the rock. And God had told Moses, you will not enter into the promised land. And so God is going to choose a successor for Moses. And we read in verses 18 through 21, And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him, and set him before Eleazar the priest and before the congregation, and inaugurate him in their sight. And you shall give some of your authority to him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. He shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of Urim. At his word they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in. He and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. You see, God had a plan. The plan was for Joshua to be who he wanted him to be. And all the preparation that was given made Joshua into the man that he was. But the second thing I want you to observe as you prepare to see the verses 6 and 7 and 9 and 18 in their context is to realize that there was a problem before him. Here is Moses. Moses is gone. God had spoken to Moses face to face. Yes, Joshua has been chosen as a successor. Moses has laid his hand upon him. He is prepared to go into the land. But what kind of people are you leading? The people have proved themselves to be both fickle and stubborn. Now, that's one of the hardest things in the world is to lead people who do not want to be led. Deuteronomy chapter 9, which is right in the mountains of Moab just before you cross over into the promised land, 
He says, remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look on the stubbornness of this people or on the wickedness of their sin. These people are stubborn. They're the kind that at one point will say, yes, we'll go. And the next thing, no, we won't. They were the kind who would say, thank you, Lord, for what you've given us. Now give us something else. Joshua was going to lead a very difficult people. He also was going to lead them on a very difficult task. It's very easy for a person to talk about what you're going to face and talk about what you need to do, but it's much different to be the leader of those people who go through that. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 and chapter 9, there are some words that Moses records about the people that they're going to face. When you go, or when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess, and cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Pezzarites, and the Hivites and Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. Now, folks, notice that. Seven nations greater and mightier than you. How would you like today to be a nation going against not just one nation, not two, not five, but seven, and seven greater and mightier than you? And when the Lord your God delivers you over to, or them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them nor show mercy to them. Folks, it would be very easy. You go in and you conquer a people to say, we can, we can keep these people under control. God said, you don't do that. Chapter 9, verse 1, Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and go in to possess nations greater and mightier than yourself. Now listen carefully to this. Cities great and fortified up to heaven. You think about the very first place they're going to go. They're going to go to Jericho. Here is a city whose walls surround it. Can you visualize the children of Israel arriving at Jericho and those massive walls? How are we going to go in and conquer this nation? Not this nation, this city. How are we going to conquer this city? Joshua faced a real challenge before him. But there's also a third challenge that I think he faced, and that was keeping God's word before his eyes and that of the people. I want you to look with me at the latter part of verse 7 of Joshua 1 and going through verse 8. He said to observe to do all according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I know that sometimes when you have a task set before you and there are instructions, God says, I don't want you to forget my law. I don't want you to deviate from it. Turn to the right hand. Turn to the left hand. I want you to stay with it. And I want you to notice, look, verse 8. He says, the book of the law shall not depart from your 
You've got to be a person who keeps this in front of the children of Israel. Yes, Joshua has some present problems, some difficulty, some challenges in front of him. So this leads me to the third part, which is really the key part of the favorite Bible passage. We're going to look at the four verses where there's a phrase to be found. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous, that you may do observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Drop down to verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now dropping down to verse 18. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage four times in chapter 1. When you look at that, you step back. You have to realize that three of these four times is God reassuring and commanding Joshua to be strong and courageous. It's going to take a lot of strength of character. It's going to take a lot of facing difficult circumstances, well, how can I do that? How can I face them? In the Holman Bible Commentary, there were three statements that I thought were just too good not to quote. Joshua could be confident because God is competent. If you know who it is you're serving under and you know his ability, you can be confident. Joshua could be dependent because God is dependable. He could have that kind of character that says, I can follow my master wherever he leads because you know he has the ability to lead. And Joshua could trust because God is trustworthy. But now I want to focus back on the fact of what he says. Be strong and courageous, for I will be with you. With you. Look at verse 5 with me. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now I can understand why God can say be strong and courageous. I'm with you wherever you go. I'd like to lead you, if you will, for just a few minutes on a pathway of of looking at God being with people and what that might mean. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6 and verse 8. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Okay, we're going to go to Jericho. Will we be able to conquer? Yes, God's with us. 
God is going to fight the battles. God is going to be with you. Verse 8. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Confidence comes from the fact that we know God is with us. Have you ever observed a television show or something? Here's a little boy and he comes up to somebody who appears to be more powerful than him. and He says, yeah, I want you to do what I tell you to do. Ordinarily, that person that he's speaking to would just thump him on the head and knock him out. But you see, standing behind him is someone bigger and more powerful than either one of them. And so the other person agrees and submits. It's not the little person who makes the demand. It's the fact that the one that's backing them up. You have to realize God said, I've got your back. I am with you. If you go to 1 Chronicles 28 and verse 20, and David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Is it going to be a challenge to build this massive temple that Solomon had in mind? Yes, that's a challenge, but David said, Solomon, don't be dismayed, don't be discouraged, don't be fearful. God's going to be with you. He won't forsake you. When we come to Romans chapter 8 and we think about the things that we face in this life, the challenges of maybe persecution, the challenges of difficulties we will face, here's what Paul wrote. What should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You want to be courageous? You want to be strong? Realize God is with us. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews 13 in verse 5 talks about the challenges of things. And if there's ever a time when you and I find ourselves, what do I choose? Do I choose to do right, which may cost me financially? It did the Hebrews. Paul talked about, or the Hebrew writer talked about, the joyful plundering of their goods, the fact that they lost what they had. He said to them in chapter 13 and verse 5, Let your conduct be without covetousness, content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can we live courageous lives, strong lives? Well, sure we can. God won't forsake us. Philippians 4, verse 13. Paul, writing from a Roman prison, said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then, by way of preparation... Last Monday evening when I was at Memphis School of Preaching, Brother Dan Winkler spoke on Ephesians chapter 6. I thought this verse has got to go in this lesson. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. It's His armor that He gives us. It is strong, it is protecting, and it is powerful.
But in addition to God, Joshua at this point enjoyed the full support of the people. I want you to notice with me verses 16 through 18. So they answered Joshua saying, All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord be your God, on the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commands and does not heed your words, and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. You see, God told Joshua, be strong and of good courage. But the people told Joshua to be strong and of good courage. May God be with you like God was with Moses. Folks, for us, as we stand together facing the challenges of life, we ought to say to one another, be strong, be of good courage. We know that God was with us. God will be with you in all that you do that is good and right. I've got to think that Joshua must have thought now, Look how the people have changed. When I brought back the report of the land, how they wanted to stone me, how they did not listen to me, but now they say, we will listen, and we will follow, and we will go. Great leaders can only lead if they have the support of the followers. Whether it's a leader of a nation, whether it's a leader of a group of men on the battlefield, or whether it's the leaders in the Lord's church. Only when they have the encouragement of godly people who say, lead us in the right direction and we will follow. And God be with you. Be strong and be courageous. As I mentioned earlier, this was planned by God. Joshua was fulfilling God's plan for a leader. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit. A man in whom is the Spirit. Lay your hand upon him. Set him before the congregation. Inaugurate him in their sight. You see, Joshua became all that God wanted him to be. And we ought to pray for and support our leaders who serve God. In the writings of the book of Hebrews chapter 13 also, we read in verse 17, Obey that those who have the rule over you. Be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. As we have leaders in the Lord's church, they are leading us in the right direction. They're leading us toward heaven. We hold up their hands. We encourage them in carrying us in the right direction. As a great leader, Joshua inspired the people to be strong and courageous. I want to go to the end of the book of Joshua. We often quote Joshua 24, verse 15. I want to back up one chapter and look at verses 1 through 6 as we bring this lesson to a close. Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old, advanced in age. 
And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord God has done to you all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes. From the Jordan, with all the nations that I have cut off, as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess the land as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or the left. You know what, folks? I, I look at this lesson and I, I see full circle. Starting out with Exodus 33 and verse 11 where Joshua was a young man. He's there at the tabernacle. That's where God's law is, is going to be kept. I look all the way through the work of Joshua, how God has led them now to the promised land. They've conquered the promised land. Joshua is old. He's advanced in age. And here's what his message is. Be courageous to do the law. What a powerful statement that was. We have a challenge before us that demands we have courage. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and of a sound mind. Folks, God wants us to be strong. God wants us to be courageous as we face the challenges of life. And you have a great challenge before you right now. And the challenge is, will you follow God or will you follow yourself or someone else? If you're not a Christian, you're not yet following God. The fact that you're here indicates you're wanting to make a step in the right direction. But folks, the right direction is to make the full step to say, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. If you're a child of God and you have not been walking with God, you need to repent. And you need to be restored to faithfulness. Tonight we have the opportunity to become a child of God by repenting of our sins, confessing that faith, and being baptized. Or we have a privilege as those of us who are God's children of confessing our faults one to another. And if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, please come now as we stand and sing.